We're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend, Sage Institute colleague and co-host, Ed Kless. And on today's show, folks, we are doing Free Rider Friday for the month of December, last one of the year, Ed. Yep, yep. Looking forward to it, Ron. Free Rider Friday is always, always the highlight of the month for me, so... Absolutely. Well, look, let's just dive in because I know both our stacks are are loaded. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to dive in with this one called Buddha Buddha in the C-Suite. This is by (laughs) Kevin Williamson from National Review. Ed, time for Briggs Meyer to move over. Okay. The CMO is coming. The Chief Mindfulness Officer. Nice. Okay. Offering Buddha uh, mindfulness, which is basically Buddhism without Buddha. Okay. You would not believe this is a $1 billion industry. Aetna Insurance has a chief mindfulness officer. Google, Goldman Sachs, Intel, General Mills, the list goes on and on of companies engaged in this type of training. One-fifth of companies surveyed offer it. 21% are planning to. Okay. And 80% of the executives at Aetna reported improved decision-making skills. Now, (laughs) scientifically, this is right up there with Briggs-Myers, acupuncture, homeopathy, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, lack lack of replicable results, design problems, lack of control groups in any of these experiments. Uh, you know, no no placebo effect comparisons, none of that stuff. But boy, have companies just jumped all over this, um, I guess, because, you know, it, it, they can't bring religion in, um, but they can bring this in because it's mindfulness, <laughs> you know. You know, this is one of those things, Ron, where where the the results will ultimately decide, right? I I could see an argument for 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 people being more self aware, and that 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 would be helpful in decision making. And if if it can really be adequately learned, if it could be a learned skill or a transferred skill that that people have, especially with regard to knowledge workers, because you know, knowledge workers do rely on on mental energy. And if 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 a, they can somehow harness it and and make make improvements to that uh, due to mindfulness, then it, it could work. And but the, but the results will be that companies that do stuff like this will perform better in the end. Yeah, you would think that that would be the same market test that would have applied to Briggs Myers. That's true, but and and there was no evidence that they that that's that that they perform better with with uh, Myers Briggs. Right. right, and so far um, there's no evidence that this works. No, so, I didn't. But, right, but this is new. This is at least new. 
it's it's not that new. It's it, I mean, it's, you know, a few years. You're right. It's not long as long as Briggs Myers and all the personality profiles, but it's uh, certainly picked up here on the West Coast, big time. In fact, the article quotes a San Francisco State University professor uh, who, who you know is a Buddhist, but mm-hmm. he he's like completely skeptical of this he's a big critic of it which and it's interesting because he's in the business school <laughs> mm-hmm. um but anyway i just thought it was really interesting it's like yeah all right. yeah hey if it, hey if it crowds out the briggs meyer stuff i'm yeah. kind of all for it <laughs> yeah there you go that's well there's a benefit right there so we're you're good it, addition by subtraction so to speak bad ideas so. crowding out other bad ideas yeah less bad ideas i suppose uh but you know look i look i i I, as i as mentioned on a couple of shows i started doing a little bit more meditation and i think that it has helped me from an energy standpoint in the afternoons uh is that placebo effect i don't know but you know if that's what i what i think then that's okay i look as long as this is not you know if you don't come to your mindfulness training you're going to be fired right? right then then i got a problem with it Right. And, and, and right. Uh, yeah, no word on whether or not these are voluntary or people are just signing up for it because it's the new chic thing to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on making it mandatory. That'd be, that'd be ridiculous. Right. Right. So anyway. All right. So what do you got? All right. So this is, this was in, in response to a, uh, post that I had put out on Facebook uh, that will get it will be something that we talk about later in the show which is net neutrality and the response was this is a, a typical well you know it you, you sound like you would just w- want to have like no 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 uh, no traffic signals you know just let the let the roads be the wild west and just see what happens <laughs> right yeah. and and no no sooner had this person made this argument with me than our friend Jeffrey Tucker at fee wrote a piece on november 27th called dropping traffic rules and signs would make us safer (laughs) and he he goes through a personal situation that he had where he got rear-ended uh mostly because but what he thinks is because the per the the person in front or or the person who rear-ended him saw a green light and didn't see cars stopped Mm. Mm. right and you know this goes back to some some traffic theory, uh, and even uh, the, the you know center left political publication Vox has a really interesting film which we'll put in the show notes that that shows that when when we take out some of these these uh, the, the the signals and stuff, people do drive slower, right? Mm-hmm. And it it's but the, the term is edge friction, edge friction. And what it allows people to do is to pick up other cues. So whether it's passers-by or or other cars and speeding up or slowing down, um, it's you know it's also been proven that that certainly traffic circles are way more uh, effective from a throughput standpoint as well as a safety standpoint than than uh, than four-way lights. Right. 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 You're talking about the roundabouts. Roundabouts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so I, th- you know, pr- pretty interesting. I think that 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 possibly this is a, just a great example of of less regulation in this area would would improve the the lives of a lot of people. And you know, I I, I think that some of this certainly the red light cameras and all is is it, they're doing that more for for making a buck for the local governments than they are actual safety. 
it's been pretty much proven that those red light cameras for sure cause more accidents than 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 uh, than in in intersections where they're not red light cameras because people slam on their brakes because they don't want to get a ticket and then somebody plows into them. So uh, I'm 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 very very hopeful that maybe this is something that we're going to seriously begin to look at. So we'll see. That's interesting. Well, Ed, just to segue on that, I've got two articles here on uh, autonomous vehicles, and and they kind of go hand in hand. But um, one is called No Hands, Full Speed Ahead. Were you aware, I was not aware of this, in, in Chandler, Arizona, Waymo, which is the subsidiary of Alphabet, it's their autonomous unit, right, their driverless mm-hmm. cars, started operating in Chandler, Arizona in August of 2016. The CEO of Waymo announced in November that test vehicles are going to be on the road at level four Autonomy. No, nice. No nice. use drivers. They're going to have a taxi fleet, robo taxi fleet. You're already seeing them. There are you're seeing kids being dropped off with nobody else in the car, at schools and things like that. They're going to. They've got 600 cars operating down there. Two reasons. One, the 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 governor of Arizona and the mayor of Chandler, both very well. They're they're Republican. But that aside, they're they're you know all for innovation. They mm-hmm. want to put you know Arizona on the map, and 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 so they've been very friendly to this. It didn't require any legislation. The governor signed an executive order. Um, it is regulated by a dot you know Arizona Department of Transportation, but they're not trying to you know micromanage it. They're trying to deal with issues as they come up. You know, it's permissionless innov- innovation is what it is, um, and. You know, I didn't realize this, but the sensors are three times, they can see three times farther than even just like a year ago at 10% of the cost. I mean, they could see 360 degrees, three football fields away. That's 100 yards, folks, for those of you outside of the United States. Um, And of course, no, 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 wait, three football, three football fields is not, is, is nine, is 300 yards, 900 feet. Yeah, I mean, Ball fields, 100 yards. Yeah, so that's 900 feet. Um, you know, 100, $100 billion has been poured into self-driving cars since 2010. Um, and, and, you know, I think the auto industry, I have to check this, but I think it's a $10 trillion industry. So, you know, that makes sense that, that people are trying to, you know, move into this. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, this, the, the author of this article talked about how more Americans died last year than in the three years in, of the Korean War, 94% because of human error, mm-hmm. which, so that's interesting. So congrats, Arizona, for being, uh, you know, way out in the forefront. I mean, level four, Tesla is at level two, <laughs> right. just for comparison. So level four is big. This is a big deal. It um, is a big deal. And, and Ed, interesting, I didn't know this either, but General Motors has begun testing autonomous cars in lower Manhattan. And I thought that was interesting because that's pretty tough. <laughs> that's, yeah. Those are pretty tough road conditions compared to Chandler, you know, Arizona with nice <laughs> wide streets and all that. Yeah, uh, sure, for sure. Well, well but, let's, you know, here, I got, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish up. Well, well, well another article, and I just want to throw this out because this is, this is going to blow your mind. This is called The Open Road by Charles C.W. Cook, also out of National Review. And he said, it's inevitable, folks, the government is going to seek 
to ban driving. Don't know if it's going to be in a decade, in two decades, three decades, whatever. But he said you can hear you can hear it now. You know the AMA is going to issue reports. There's no compelling reasons to permit people to drive, and you know Mad will be rechristened as Mothers Against Dangerous Driving. And you know you'll hear story. Jory was just 17, and Sarah had three kids. You know, and so it, it, and he's not happy about this because he says the person who says what about liberty, he says as usual the opponents of prohibition will be correct. He said, because this isn't about driving, this is about movement. And if I have to have third parties approve my transaction to be able to move anywhere, just like I can get in my car and go anywhere, I mean, you know, assuming it's a state licensed and you're licensed and all that, he proposes, and this is what I want your opinion on, he proposes a legal prophylactic now. He thinks we should amend the Constitution because the genius of the Bill of Rights is it protects broad ranges of categories of human conduct. And he thinks this is about movement, not driving. So he wants Congress shall make no law restricting adults from driving licensed vehicles. Interesting. What do you um, think? Well, I, don't, I, I certainly don't think it would pass. <laughs> so it was well, an interesting idea. I don't think that it would, would get through. Um, you know, this is this is due where you get where where you get to what's what's uh, the 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 public roads, right? Use of the public roads, and who gets to decide what they are. So maybe what we really do need is is more of a system of 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 private roads, uh, where people can decide what they want to do, uh, if they want to actually drive or if they want to use a driverless or autonomous vehicle situation. Um, I, you know, I, I driving is to me is not a right; it's a privilege. Now, I see what he, he's making the argument of movement as a right. Yep. And I would say just just be careful there, because if if that if that if movement is the right, then then how then how are you going to say that that does not pertain to immigration? If if I can well, move, if I if I have if I have a fundamental right to move my person wherever i want to go well movement within the united states being a no citizen. within the united states only yes, yes. <laughs> well it's all the constitution he wants to amend <laughs> not mexico's well yeah but but see that so that that so is it is it a fundamental right or is it become a a, a privilege of citizenship right right uh, you know it's a fascinating discussion as we talked to Greg LaFalle a while back and he said, you know, and kids or whatever are going to live in the day when the Supreme court outlaws driving. Now somebody who loves to drive, you know, I'm sympathetic to this argument, but I find this a very interesting issue, you know, a constitutional amendment to protect this. I I think this is fascinating because it's fascinating. I'm very sympathetic to his, his statement that, you know, what about liberty and the people who are against prohibition are always correct. This guy's British, by the way. So he's yeah. he's got a very interesting take on America. But, you, you know, on this, I think he's this is pretty thought provoking. A- anyway, Ed, we're up against it. We need to take a break, folks. But we'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or myself, you can do so at AskTSOE at Verisage.com. Check out our shows and all of our archives at thesoulofenterprise.com. We'll post full show notes on all the topics that uh, we discussed today. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. 
become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Solemn Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And back here, free riding on Friday. You know, Ron, I wonder if the, this, we're going to get to net neutrality later in the show, I'm sure. But I wonder if the, if switching now will allow us to bring back uh, two things. One, our Free Rider Friday music. Right, since it's no longer regulated by the FCC, but uh, the the Federal Trade Commission, it's possible. I'm just throwing it out there. We have to fi- figure this out, and right. and certainly in December, bringing back our Mannheim Steamroller. So I'm pretty pretty bummed about that too, because uh, we we'd have to mix and mingle this month th- for this show, because it's both December and a Free Rider Friday. I don't remember what we did, like which which we played. I have to I have to go back and listen. Right, um, right. I, I think yeah. those were copyright changes, though, to copyright law. Not, it didn't really have anything. Oh, uh, okay. Neutral, well, but gotcha. maybe, 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 maybe it's still can. All right. So, listen. I, I just want to take you through the, just a, a quick list uh, that I have uh, found here of self-driving car milestones that are upcoming and also recently achieved. So let me just take you through this list. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, automatic emergency braking. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, high, highway lane keeping. Yep. Right. Self parking. Yep. Right. Um, full highway autonomy. Yep. Right. Um, first sex in a self driving car. That's a big one that's just, you know, come up. Um, full, full trips with no input from the driver. That's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, full trips by empty cars. Right. Mm-hmm. Self refueling of empty cars, which I think that would be cool. That is. Right, right. This would also lead to, you know, empty cars wandering the highways for months or years until someone notices that the credit card fuel charges, right? So we right. have to be have to worry <laughs> about that. Uh, cars that cars that read other cars bumper stickers before deciding whether to cut them off. That I think we need <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> we need that. Um, <laughs> autonomously revving engines at rev li- red lights. 
right? Uh-huh. We knew that. It's like teenagers. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you know, with the with the the the, the millennials, as everybody says, we need self-loathing cars. Yeah. Right. So that that we need that. Um, autonomous canyon jumping, you know, just because like the Dukes of Hazard, just because. Sure. And 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 this one is my personal favorite. Cars capable of arguing about the trolley problem on Facebook. <laughs> I think <laughs> think <laughs> this uh, this list is is courtesy the the great comic. Those of you who don't look at this X uh, XKCD dot com xkcd so we will post a link to this isn't that a good list ron i thought you'd appreciate that that's excellent yeah we need one that blares music too you know but i had i had that you know i I thought it was really interesting and i wasn't going to include it but then when the last one was about the trolley problem which you and i have talked about i said i gotta make sure we get this on the air but anyway uh x x kcd.com great comic uh very 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 fun so take a look at that and and also this is one from december 6th so if you want to go back and see this but we will put a link up to it in the show notes oh that's cool all right i got one that you're gonna love because it's a term you hate giving back Oh, oh, giving back. Yes, tis the season to give back, Ron. Absolutely. So this is from the Foundation for Economic Education. It's Paul Rubin from December 20th. And he says, um, creating wealth does more good than giving it back. Because he says, of course, first of all, you know, very obvious point, but needs to be pointed out that the initial creation is is what allows you to give back in the first place. And the initial creation is always going to be greater than the giving back, right? Because you created, I mean, Bill Gates created a lot more wealth than he would ever be able to give back, even if he gave away every penny he has, right? Because of the consumer surplus and customer profit, as we like to call it. Um, But here's his point about giving back, Ed, which I really liked. And I never really thought, saw it, seen it articulated this way. He said, look at Henry Ford. Henry Ford created enormous wealth, right, for society, changed society, did all that, also for Jews. But when he entered the giving back stage of his, you know, life, he was a vicious anti-Semite. We talked about this, by the way, on episode 38. Um, This was the dark side of Henry Ford. And, you know, even so, even though his Ford Motor Company created enormous wealth for the Jewish people as well as all peoples, right, when he gave back, he published the Dearborn Independent, which was a vicious anti-Semitic newspaper that right. Hitler that Hitler borrowed heavily from. <laughs> and so this guy's point is giving back isn't automatically a good thing. And, and then he mm-hmm. contrasts the Koch brothers with George Soros, and he says it's impossible for them to both be contributing to social good because they're diametrically opposed. Okay. A, well, there that, you go. That's, that's an, an interesting point. That's an interesting twist. But I, but I, yeah. I really like the, I really like the Ford example. But even the, the, the Soros and Koch brothers, you know, the, no matter which side of the debate you're on, you know, the other side can't stand. <laughs> right. right. I mean, if you're on the left, you hate the Koch brothers, and if you're on the right, you're no big fan of Soros. So, it, it's, it's that's a really good point. It's not I actually giving back. It's it's true. I I actually had people not deciding not to watch the the PBS thing on Vietnam, which was excellent, by the way, because it was Koch Brothers sponsored. I was being facetious, and they're like, "Oh, well, if the Koch Brothers sponsored, must be it, it's you know it's it's twisted in the wrong way." 
Ed, one of the Koch brothers. Like, what? I, I know, one of the Koch brothers. I don't think it was Charles. I think it was David. He David, tried to give yeah. a, um, $100 million or whatever to, I, it was Sloan Kettering or some cancer center hospital in New York. The nurses drafted a petition and said we shouldn't accept this money because he's just doing it for PR. So when David Koch does it, it's for PR, but if somebody they like, you know, does it, then it's then it's okay. Yep. So if it's if it's Oprah doing it. It's great. It's great. Yep. Or Harvey Weinstein. He's doing it. It's great. It prior well, not to, anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore, but prior to. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's yeah. one of the reasons he did it. <laughs> so he could get a free pass. But okay, enough of that. I just thought you'd yeah. like it because it, it slams your most hated phrase or one of your most hated phrases. I hate that phrase. Give back. back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it, I have to turn it off. I have to. I, I get myself mentally prepared for it in December to say, okay, it's going to, I'm going to hear it. Just got to relax about it. You know, <laughs> I have to maintain, maintain the outside position on the triangle for those of you listening to, you know, our Howard Hansen episodes. Um, all right. So, Ron, let's, let's see here. We're uh, about halfway through the show. I want to introduce the topic of the taxes. Let's talk about the tax changes. Yep. Okay. Right? So I, I'll just just set this up. We've got about three minutes to go before the break. Uh, you and I have kind of went a little bit back and forth on Facebook about this. I don't see this as as tax reform. Now, yes, you can certainly make the argument that the significant reduction of the corporate tax is re- reform, but that's just a reduction in the tax. I don't I don't see that as a, as a as a reformation of the system so much. And certainly, on balance as a whole, this is not reform. So if we t- if we take it in in total, both the the changes to the, the 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 tax code for for corporations, but then also for individuals as well. And I think there's some there's some some good stuff and some bad stuff in here. And and I I don't know I, I think it's we have this is really has to play itself out like the the IRS has, is going to have to rule on a ton of different things before we can figure out what actually this means it's it's not quite Nancy Pelosi's we've got to pass it to find out what's in it right but they have an idea of it but the the effect of what's actually going to happen I st- I still don't think that this is completely known. Well, I don't think I don't think it's ever really known. We have a terrible record projecting uh, the economic effects of tax changes, right? right. Dynamic scoring is very difficult, and the Joint Tax Committee and other organizations in Washington they static score these things, and that's how we're getting the one and a half trillion hole in the in the deficit over this ten year period. Um, you know, on the reform issue, I, I I'm going to push back. I I do think on the now not on the personal side. I agree with you. It's not reform on the personal side at all. But on the ta- but on the corporate side, it I think it is reform. And here's why. First off, taking the rate down from 35 to 21 percent is major. That hasn't been done in a long time. It it puts us back in line with the rest of the uh, developed world's uh, c- corporate rate. I mean, rest of the world is decreasing their tax their corporate taxes and have been for decades. You know, whether you're talking Ireland, whether you're talking Britain, Canada. I mean, China has a, a less corporate tax rate. Than I know, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but, Ed, at full expensing is is another thing that, you know, so if Intel builds a factory, they get to write the whole thing off. No, no more of these 
you know, ridiculous depreciation tables. Now that expires in 10 years, which I think is ridiculous. However, I tell I will tell you one thing that I will argue big time is major reform. We have moved to a territorial tax system with this change for corporations, not for individuals, but for corporations, mm-hmm. meaning companies are no longer going to be taxed in U.S. tax for their worldwide sales. They're going to pay the tax where they earned it, where the sale took place. That's a territorial tax system versus what we've had for, I think, ever since the corporate tax was enacted, which is back in like 13 or 14, that is a major change, major. We also got rid of the alternative minimum tax for corporations. I would argue that's a major change. And and I would say one more thing. You know, you've probably read the stories of the five big companies that have announced bonuses to their employees and raising of the minimum wage, like Wells Fargo, Comcast, AT&T. They're going to give their people a $1,000 Christmas bonus. Some of these companies have already increased their wages to 15 bucks an hour minimum that mm-hmm. affect a, a group of their employees. So, gee, the economists were right. Some of the burden does fall on the employees. Well, and I, the, the, uh, people that I have seen are up in arms against that. They're like, well, you know, what does that matter? Big, big whoop, $53 extra a, a month, a, a, a week for somebody. Well, these are the for, same people that, if, that's you, right. You, you charge $4 for ATM. They'll say, oh, this is repressive to the poor. And, and all. it just drives me crazy. I mean, this is real dollars in real people's pockets and they think it's a PR stunt or something. It's not now. We can certainly talk about the individual side because there I totally agree with you. It's not reform. In fact, it's complication. You know, there wasn't high enough rate reductions for my taste. It expires in 10 years, which is ludicrous. Right. Um, you, you know, uh, there, there are things I like about it. It increases the estate tax exemption. It, it, um, yeah, I, I think capping the salt deduction is a great thing, but that's more politics than, than economics. <laughs> right, right. The 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 state and local tax deductions. Why should the smaller states subsidize the big states? Um, I, I I think that's a good slam. And and look, I'm going to be personally hurt from that because I'm in one of these bad states. Right. That has yeah high high state tax. Yeah. What about that? What about the the this the the notion of the the five twenty nine education account program that now covers K through twelve? Because previously it was just available for college. What do you think of that one? I, you know, it, it's um, whether you're talking vouchers, magnet schools, whether it's it, it allows homeschooling too, which I think is really interesting because we have two million two million kids now being homeschooled roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a good thing. I think anything that gives people freedom, whether it's a health savings account, an educational savings account, I'm all for a USA savings account. You know, a, 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 an Uber savings account. We could use it for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, like a like a Roth IRA on steroids or something. So there's things I I hate about this. Uh, some of the pass through rules are incredibly complex, and it's the Full Employment Act for CPAs going forward. Um, there's a lot of things I can pick apart here. They didn't drop the top marginal rate low enough. I thought 39.6 should come down to you know 20s, um, but. All in all, I'm, I'm thrilled on the corporate side, and I think you're going to see a big investment boom because of this. I think you're going to see more companies start to invest, and I do think there's going to be some massive growth effects. By the way, Art Laffer, founder and creator of the Laffer Curve, is projecting 8% GDP growth. Now, I don't know if I'm willing to go out that far, but I'm, wow. willing, I'm willing to go 4%. But I think there's a lot of pent-up energy here, Ed, uh, that is going to be unleashed 
from this. I really do. I mean, it's a massive reduction in corporate taxes, and and you know, incentives matter. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, let's let's continue the conversation after the break, Ron, because a couple things that I also wanted to ask you about as as an accountant and just your your thoughts. And I'm not asking you for the the technical side of it, but sure. uh, we are up against this break. Want to remind you, you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to ask t s o e at verisage dot com. Also, the website thesoulofenterprise dot com, uh, where you can see show notes for previous shows and as well as previews of upcoming shows, but right now, a word from our newest sponsor, Abacus Next. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Results CRM, the award-winning Abacus Next product, is a customer relationship management solution that will automate your business processes, streamline workflows, and deliver consistent results. Cloud-enabled to provide access to your users anytime from anywhere. Grow your business in 2018 with the number one QuickBooks CRM. To learn more about Results CRM, visit ResultsCRM.com. Clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And here we are, free riding on Friday. Ron, I want to talk a little bit more about the tax uh, changes. And one of the things that, that I have the, the problem with overall with this, look, you, you outlined, did a great job outlining some of the potential major changes and benefits that we could have. But to me, it comes down to this. Um, it's the spending stupid. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the spending stupid. And, and so, yeah, it's very possible that the, the, the budget deficit could expand. You know, this is what the complaint of the left is, is that, okay, now how we how are we going to quote, I, lo- I hate this phrase drives me nuts, how are we going to pay for these changes, right. right? And then that's where you get into the whole, well, the, the Republican response is the whole trickle-down economics stuff, right? And then we're going to pay for it by the fact because we're going to have increased revenues based on the de- de- decrease to the tax rates, et cetera. But all in the end, all of that doesn't matter because it's the spending stupid. 
right? Yep. So it's it's a it's to me this is still a diversionary tactic. What we we still have to have to tackle Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, which are going to be major problems in the next five years. Major problems. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't I mean? Couldn't agree more. In fact, um, you know, it, I I will say this it, that. When when Obama did his porky, you know, the stimulus package for one trillion dollars, roughly, that that came. And, you know, I didn't hear anybody claiming about the deficit. In fact, all the Keynesians said, "Oh, this will be great because it will give us economic growth." Blah blah blah. I much rather blow a hole in the deficit by giving people back their money than by spending. So I'm I'm much bigger proponent of tax cuts mm-hmm. than I am, you know. Uh, well, ca- careful uh, there! You're not giving it back. That you're just getting. <laughs> oh, I know. You know what I mean. You, you know what I mean. You're right. You're yeah. right. Bad choice of See? words. But um, that said, Ed Kevin Williamson, uh, who's the National Review economics writer, wrote, wrote a great article yesterday. To say, okay, now that the Republicans passed the dessert only tax plan. You know, the dessert first tax plan. Right? They ate their dessert first. Now mm-hmm. it's time for Washington to eat its spinach. And let's get on with the spending cuts. And he made the argument that we need to reform these entitlements, including defense, by the way, you know, yep. because there's room there, obviously. Um, but the big ones, of course, are, you know, these massive entitlements. He threw in there the interest on the debt. And I just want to say the interest on the debt, you know, even if Fed Reserve increases the interest rate, Melton Friedman, he made an ingenious argument about interest on the debt. He said, I have no problem with interest on the debt because it's the least distorted way the government can spend money and that's okay. a brilliant that's a brilliant point yeah it doesn't do any harm <laughs> yeah it doesn't have any distortive effects there's none of this eat your vegetables you know social engineering right. um but but couldn't agree more that okay now we've we've dealt with the tax side now let's get on to the spending side and and, and you know let's get a smaller government but yeah i, I don't think we're gonna see it ed i ain't holding my breath don't worry Nope, yep. not going to do it. All right. All right, what do you got, Ron? Be prudent. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't well, be prudent. Not at this juncture. <laughs> Thinking of Dana Carvey. You know, yeah, you exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a great one. I'm sure you've seen it. John Stossel. I, I read this in, a, in his syndicated column, but apparently he did a YouTube video on this. And he's talking about the, you know, the th- Thanksgiving story and the typical Thanksgiving story in America anyways. You know, the pilgrims nearly starved until the Indians saved them, which was hokum. Right. Basically what happened is the pilgrims used collective farming uh-huh. and they starved. And it wasn't until Governor Bradford experimented with, you know, private property plots. And he even wrote this in his diary. He said that this hand, this had very good success because it made every hand industrious. There was no more, you know, it wasn't the tragedy of the commons, right? Mm-hmm. The tragedy of the commons is this great article. I think it goes back to the late 60s. But, you know, if you let cattle farmers, you know, just if there's if there's public land, cattle, sure, the farmers are going to send their cattle out there and they're going to overgraze the land. Well, <laughs> Ed, this is a game you can play to illustrate this point. Have you seen this? Go ahead. Yes, I saw the video. Mm-hmm. Okay, you saw the video. Okay, you assemble a group of people, and and Stossel did this, and you place coins in front of them, mm-hmm. and it, you know pennies or whatever, and you tell them, look, I'll give you a buck for each one you pick up, but for each minute that goes by, for each coin you pick up, 
the price will increase. So after two minutes, I'll give you two bucks. After three minutes, I'll give you three bucks. Well, of course, as soon as he says go, people rush down and try and gather up all the coins, right? They're, they're, they're spending, they're overgrazing, right? The, mm-hmm. That's the tragedy mm-hmm. of the commons. But then he divides the floor into segments. And he said, okay, Ed, this is your square, Ron, this is your square. And then he throws coins on the floor. And now people will wait because, you know, yeah, I want to reap the most benefits. So I'm going to be more patient. Whereas mm-hmm. with the collective, I'm, you know, makes people more greedy and short-sighted. And I just thought that's a great, what a great game. Right up with, right up with the trading game that we did on episode 76. I just thought that was a great, great illustration. Yep. No, it's, 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 it's brilliant. It was, and yeah, we'll post the, the link to the video. It was really well done right around Thanksgiving time that he's, he's, uh, he, he shared that. Uh, I had not seen that. Had you seen that, that, that type of game before? I had not. I had yeah. not. So I was yeah, really excited. Yeah, it was, it, it got me as excited as when we first read the trading game, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of grabbing coins, what's going on with Bitcoin, Ron? It's like all over the place now. I know. Uh, you tell me. You know, it was it was down to twelve hundred earlier today. It's now it's now back up to fourteen five. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, here's what I think is happening. This is this is me. Two two things. A confluence of two things. Number one is the Chicago Board of Trade or the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, maybe maybe both, have, now have futures available. So I think that the right. what we saw last week was a run-up to the release of those uh, uh, of those uh, positions, right? Yep. So I think that's part of it. And then second, as I do think that people are cashing out at the end of the year. I think that they're like, oh, it's this time for Christmas, right? <laughs> Sure. Sure. Yep. Uh, let me let, let me cash cash out here, and I think that that put a burden on the system, and then there was a little bit of a a, a panic, so to speak, uh, similar to like a run on the banks, right? Just because it was hard to get your transaction processed for a time, right? Right. right. And there were people who were paying exorbitant fees to make sure that it happened. You, you know, if you're buying Bitcoin to to transact in today, that that's not going to work out well for you. Right. Right. Uh, the, the, I actually saw the, the the first the first ever Bitcoin joke on on the internet the other day. Right. Uh, have you heard this one? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> A son asks his father for ten dollars in Bitcoin. The father responds, nine dollars and forty one cents. What do you need thirteen dollars and twenty one cents for? <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, on Bitcoin, you know, there's things about, well, finally the bubbles popped and all that. And as Ed and I have talked about on on many different shows, I don't think this is tulip mania. I don't think this is the cabbage patch mania. I mean, all of those things are, you know, basically not, weren't necessarily needed. Bitcoin cryptocurrency is needed. The, The digital world, the internet economy needs, um, needs, needs a currency, needs a layer of trust and transactions. And that's what Bitcoin is enabling. So I think, uh, I don't think we're in tulip mania. All right. Well, folks, we're, um, 
I'm, since we lost Ed, why don't we go into our commercial break? That'll give us a chance to fix the technology issues that we're having. And then we'll probably dive into net neutrality, which will be a good segue. So I'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or myself, you can do so at asktsoe at verisage.com. And do go out to iTunes or wherever you download the podcast and please give us a review. That really helps. Um, we've got some great things planned for 2018 that we're really excited about. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash U.S. forward slash S-O-E. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, I am back, folks. Uh, apologize for the audio problems we're having. I'm going to blame it on net neutrality. My 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 kids are home, Ron, because uh, you know they they're off for the Christmas break already, and uh, and my daughter's watching the Year Without a Santa Claus on Netflix. So I'm pretty sure that the traffic got got prioritized over the Skype thing. So it's it's net neutrality's fault, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, yeah. hey, you know, before we get there, I got I got to tell this quick story. Uh, so, so, Kara, who's nine, brought home a test that, that, that just uh, just before the Christmas break. So it was a math test, and there were there was about twenty questions on it. She unfortunately didn't do as well as she had hoped, but partially because she did this on two of the questions. They they were do, they were I guess they're practicing having them fill in scantrons, so they have to like pick certain you know A B C or D and fill in the bubble, right. Right on this test. So on two of the questions, she 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 did her calculations on the side and determined that the answer that she came up with was not an answer on the test. So she wrote in E, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and wrote her own answer in, and then gave like the reason for it. Now I gotta tell you, 
part of me doesn't want to stifle this. Yes. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like coloring outside the lines, right? That's right. Part of me is like, honey, that's I, I appreciate your ability to d- determine that you have an answer that's not given to you, right? <laughs> but I said for the sake for for going from for the sake of going forward, here's what you do: do the problem. If there's none, if the if you do the calculations and none of the answers are there, do it a second or a third time, and then see if the new answer is there. And then, oh by the way, even if that's not the case, fill out the answer that you think is best reflective of your answer, and then we'll debate it afterwards. And she seemed to be okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then go tell the teacher the test is wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, you know, what's funny is that I, is I brought this up with my son, Sean. I said, so, Sean, would you ever think to write your own answer in on a, on like a, he's like, no. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I it's just like difference in kids. Well, I know. Right. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I don't want to completely stifle this. You know, it's really, it was a very difficult moment for me as a parent. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We talk all the time about, you know, we, we suck the, the life and creativity out of, out of us as we age and you know part mm-hmm. of the educational system and yeah that's a good that's a good micro illustration of that yep yep so anyway but let's talk about net neutrality oh boy <laughs> I, yeah um oh. yeah so so i want to i i found an article today ron and this is in a in a website yeah, i talked to our friend um remember we had him on the show greg Tarico. remember greg yes I, I talked to Greg today. It's the first time in a year, and I talked to him. And he had we were talking about net neutrality. He recommended this great article on this um, this uh, blog called uh, Stratechery. So it's like strategy and tech thrown together. Mm-hmm. And the the title of the article is Pro Net Neutrality Anti Title Two. Mm-hmm. And I think this guy, I think his name is Ben. I don't have his last name, but he 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 makes an excellent presentation. Of the difference. First of all, one of the things I think is big is those like CNN who who predicted the death of the internet as we know it. That was actually their headline, Ron. Yeah. The death of the internet as we know it. And those who say that the internet has been deregulated are full of crap. Yeah. Right. This is not deregulation. This is a shift back to previous regulations covered under the Federal Trade Commission, not under the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, and by the way, if the, the biggest thing that people are w- worried about is this packet, you know, yep. buffering or whatever, but get uh, what the exact term is. Who would be better to handle that than the Federal Trade Commission, who's handled monopolies for close to seventy years? Correct. Right. And, so, and, and even to back up before that, the FCC never had legal authority to enact net neutrality because they only did it because Congress declined to act. So, of course, President Obama issued the executive order. But there, I think there's a whole legality issue here. They never had jurisdiction here. And that was one of Ajit Pai's, you know, the FCC commissioner's points. Mm hmm. But anyway, he this guy does a great job in this article of, of explaining the cost of regulation. And the example that he uses is restaurants, right? He says, who could possibly be against food safety, right? But then you read about how, and then he's got a link to another article, that San Francisco requires 14 permits that take nine months to issue, plus separate alcohol, by the way. And and you wonder why that there's there's you know nobody wants to open up new restaurants where it's, it's heavily burdened, right? And you multiply that by all the restaurants that never great create created, and the cost is pretty pretty large, right? And he also talks about that that opportunity costs are a reason not to regulate, 
right? The clear evidence of harm, this is directly quoted from the article, quote, clear evidence of harm are the reasons to, to do so despite the costs. So it is, uh, so what is so backwards about this entire debate is that those in favor of regulation are adopting the argument of the anti-regulators that is postulating about future harms and foregone opportunities while pursuing a regulatory approach that is only justified in the face of actual harm. I thought that was a great way to present it. It is, and I couldn't agree more. And and you know, I've I've, I've watched some uh, posts online, social media, debating this whole issue. And and I've pointed out to uh, Dub uh, to Thomas W. Hazlitt's book. He's an economist. He's with he's at Clemson University. He used to work for the FCC. He's he's dedicated his life to studying this issue. He's got two great books. One, the political spectrum that he wrote this year and the one that was earlier a short little book from 2011 called the fallacy of net neutrality in the shorter book yet here's what he said a truly open internet allows consumers investors and entrepreneurs to choose among many models business models he's talking about the fcc mistakes the benefits of market processes for a planned industrial structure imposing new rules to protect what evolved without it (laughs) so in other words We've had these giants emerge, Twitter, Google, Amazon, eBay, you know, I mean, the Internet's exploded mm-hmm. <laughs> all before net neutrality. How did this happen? We've, we've been able to get more choices, better pricing plans, better. Pa- A lot of this is just an argument against price discrimination, which is insane because price discrimination has enormous welfare effects, as, as we've talked about, much like in the drug in the drug industry. Um but it also allows for innovation. And, and, and one thing, and I, I just read this. Have you heard of Maria? The no. cable, the high optic, highest optic fiber we've ever laid between Virginia, United States, and Spain. Mm. It's the size of a garden hose. <laughs> it's funded by Microsoft, Facebook, and uh, Telexius, which I think is the Spanish, you know, one of the Spanish telecoms. Ed, it's 160 terabits per minute. (laughs) So you're going to tell me that net neutrality (laughs) is going to, you know, we're not going to have internet. We're going to have to, you know, ration this thing out when you have massive investments like this happening. Yep, yep. That's a great point. Hey, one more point that from this article that I want to want to make. Actually, two quick points because we're coming not down to the end here. One is that he talks about the, the the worry about the current regulations for closing startups, right? But some that rely on low latency might be offered by, by ISPs at a premium. So he says the most commonly cited examples is remote medical care. Right, the that the, you you need to have an excellent open connection that has paid prioritization in order for a service like that to 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 really potentially work. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So you you don't know what that innovation is going to be like. And then the other uh, or last thing he may, may points out, and I think this was news to me, and I'm going to do some further reading on it though, is uh, what is far. Far, what is worth far more attention is the state of competition in broadband generally. ISPs have lobbied for limits on public broadband in 25 states, and many local governments make it prohibitively expensive for new ISPs to challenge in governments. It's not the feds. It's the local governments that are the problem. 
Sure, sure. And you know, everybody talks about these edge markets, and and you know, they're they're worried about stifling this innovation of the poor startup that can't afford the broadband that Netflix can afford. But if ed, ed, edge markets have flourished, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this yep. is at, at one point. Facebook, Google, Amazon, eBay, Twitter were all on the edge. How'd they, how'd they, how'd they rise up without net? Yeah. We got to do a whole show on this, Ron. No question. In we the new well, year. We're going after Tomless Hazlitt and see if we can get him on because I, I've read some of his stuff on this and it's just phenomenal. He's got, he just, he just uh, assembles a, just a foray of evidence, uh, you know, says basically the iPhone couldn't have happened in a world of net neutrality. So that's yep. kind of scary, but, um, well, Ed, what's on store for next week? Next week, we're going to have a replay of our show uh, that we business lessons from a Christmas Carol. So, we're looking forward to replaying that for you. And then we'll be back in the new year with some new wonderful topics. And we will be talking about some stuff in January and February. Uh, maybe net neutrality. Hopefully, we'll land uh, Thomas Hazlitt in the new year. So, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, Ron. And I'll see you in 167 hours. All right. Thanks, Ed. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business, and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week, folks. We're going to run lessons from A Christmas Carol. Have a wonderful Christmas and a a prosperous new year. If you want to email Ed or myself, you can do so at asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you live in the new year.